Hi, friend. Welcome back. How have you been doing? Well, I don't know about you, but the start of Pisces season has been particularly tidal for me. I've been feeling like one of those duck paddle boats in the middle of the Atlantic. When I start tossing and turning, I walk my ass right to the universe, spirit, and the ancestors for guidance. And every time, they show up and have something to say. Now, my somatic radio isn't always tuned to their broadcast because my ego is jamming up the frequency. So things fly under the radar. But for a while now, I've sensed these little messages that seem to be calling to dive deeper into lineage, transgenerational transmissions, you know, ancestral material. I began work on I Miss You and didn't have a concrete intention for where I wanted it to go. I mean, I still don't. And that's fine because I can be along for the ride. I made a rule, though, that I wouldn't be exploitative or sensational. I wouldn't try and finesse things from guests in order to satisfy some elusive, shadowy hunger to keep your ears pressed to the wall. Do I hope you're interested in listening? Of course. Of the things coming up for me on this journey is how the phrase, I miss you, transmits multiple meanings. The more obvious being, direct it from me to you. I miss you. The second, as reflexive. I miss you, as in I miss some version of me in this lifetime. A third meaning, for which I'm just discovering, so bear with me as I work through it, is I miss you, as in I miss the you, meaning me, which has yet to be known. This may be the me of yet-to-be-surfaced potential. There is so much untapped potential in each of us to explore, and yet giving over to this impulse to explore, to wander away from what we've known as home, is downright scary. Because I feel like everything we've been told is dangerous. As kids, we shouldn't go into the wild because we might get lost. We might not find our way back. Ever entertain the idea that the way back is forward? Maybe this you is the you that's of Kronos, of time, of a place before, and liminal spaces in between, unconsciousness, subconsciousness, the stuff of generations and ancestors. This reminds me of that old adage, how can you miss what you've never known? Well, what if some part of you knows? Some part existing outside of cognition. Some part that's in the body somewhere. Maybe in the unconscious. There's a Portuguese word, saudade. Nostalgic for something missing. Something that may not come back. A sadness or longing. An absence and also a presence. Something that you can no longer have but you carry with you. I'm wondering if this word can be used to describe transgenerational material, the stuff of unconsciousness passed down through generations, the diaspora. On this week's episode, I spend time with Kayla. Kayla and I met in Los Angeles in 2017 
We are both working on a performance with Opera Provera and Ron Athey at the Cathedral Vibiana. When I tell you that place is gorgeous, it's gorgeous. I remember feeling pulled towards Kayla. Have you ever got that felt sense about someone you've just met? Maybe this feeling was the shared experience of being adopted, although we had both not known that about each other when we first met. Two people existing simultaneously in dual timelines. It reminds me of that 2011 film Another Earth, where Britt Marling's character makes contact with herself on a duplicate Earth. Crazy stuff. We chat about adoption and discovery, adapting and engaging with creative practice during the pandemic, virtual academics, and I talk about comparing myself with others. Real quick before we dive in, if you get a chance, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review after the episode, that would be amazing. Reviews help others find our little show. And also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at I Miss You Podcast. Oh, and email your stories of reconnecting with people in your life to I Miss You Podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to start including these stories on the show. Now for my conversation with Kayla. Hi. Yeah. Hi. You Good look you. gorgeous. Oh, so do you. Thank you. It's very, um, I, I don't know if you can see me that well because I'm, this is- a, I r- can't actually. It's a little bit- Dark. Uh, gr- it's, a gr- it's a little bit grainy. Oh, it's, be- it's because it, there, it's like a webcam situation. This is cool. What where, where studio is this? This is called House of Pod. It's very, like it. it's very warm in here at the moment. I'm getting a little like toasty. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, are, are you are you clearing the space there? I'm clearing the space. I've lit a white candle. I've walked around a few times and said, "Calling in the sacred three. <laughs> I see. So uh, this is not just catching up with um, those that are alive, also. <laughs> Those who have left. Yes, yes. Catching up with the ancestors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. This is so, this is really cool that you're doing this. I'm, I'm so happy that you agreed to do this. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to ask you, how was your pandemic? You know... It's been, it's been interesting. I, uh, I think I told you I went back to school. Uh, yeah, I'm at UCLA. Um, when did you, I don't remember if you told me about going back to school, but could you tell me more? What, what, I don't where think are you back I, in? I don't think I told you either. I think we briefly talked well, you said you were moving. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not sure if you are back in school either. Um, I am. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought you said you have class. Um, yeah, I, I decided cause I never, um, finished my art degree. So mm. I decided, um, after I did a residency, I was, um, I don't know, I guess 
collectively convinced that it would be beneficial <laughs> to get a formal degree. So here I am. Mm-hmm. And, and, and most of it's been done during this pandemic. <laughs> yeah. So. so have you been mostly online? Yeah. Right. So I'm currently taking ceramics and printmaking um, online, which is pretty funny. Right. No, wait. Okay. So I have a question. How do you, how do you get a hold of materials that you need because you're, or can you access their studio? No, no. Uh, they shipped us a 50 pound, um, uh, box of clay. <laughs> what? <laughs> how much was that? <laughs> it's so heavy. My partner literally had to carry it for me to the other room. I was like kicking it. Um, and then they sent a pack of like a uh, plastic uh like table like turn <laughs> wheel and some tools <laughs> i love that i mean i would i would love if someone would just send me a 50 pound block of clay that right? sounds like i would be taking out some castle style aggression on that fucking box <laughs> of clay <laughs> i know i know I, I love that piece of castles. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually feel like I have. Uh, I was never, I never thought that I would be into ceramics, but here I am, uh, you know, getting into ceramics in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And then uh, my printmaking class is really fun. I really mm-hmm. like that. But, um, you know, we don't have, have all the tools, but it's, it's actually kind of fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I feel like people are getting really creative mm-hmm. and I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like, I loved being in the studio and I actually do miss having all the equipment, but I get really distracted by other people working around me. Mm-hmm. So I actually think I get more done maybe i'm not maybe i'm not bouncing ideas off of people but i don't have other people like i just want to talk you know when i'm in class mm-hmm. to other people just about ideas and stuff so maybe it's more isolating but i feel like i'm pretty productive yeah i know that a problem for me um is comparing what i'm doing to other people's and then and it, there's that too <laughs> or it could be vastly fucking different i mean i especially in my in my um in my mfa so in my art grad school which is which i did back at gw several years ago i mean i'm not even in, in the same genre or style as other people that are sharing space with me and i would still be like doing that comparing my, my shit to other people it's like it's so stupid are you getting your phd now no, I'm actually I'm back in a master's program for somatic psychotherapy. Oh wait, you did tell me this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so cool. Yeah. So what is it like to do this online then? Yeah, so online has been interesting um mostly because we're trying to fill in the gaps of somatic psychotherapy being very much um, an integration of the body in the therapeutic process, um, but now having to adapt to what you're what you're seeing because 
your clients are virtual. You're seeing a very specific third of the body in most circumstances, and that's what's ever framed by, you know, the Zoom screen. Um, so you're having to do all the same tracking, nonverbal cues mixed with verbals, but you're only getting a smaller picture of it. So it does get a little bit more difficult. Um, I can imagine, yeah, because you can't see things like feet tapping or leg shaking. Or Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, telehealth is here to stay. And telehealth also has a lot of benefits for people that might not otherwise be able to access therapy or access health now they can, you know, if if they have Wi-Fi, if they have, you know, the tools to access it, but it opens up a lot of other opportunities, you know. So for every challenge, I always think that there's a there's a benefit in there too, you know. Did you start before um lockdown? Did you have any in-person classes? Yeah, up until up until March 2020 when the world ended. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, all. so how how deep are you in this? How I'm, far along are you? This will be the end of my second year. And then my whole third year is just spent as a clinical intern. So I'll be basically a therapist under supervision. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Are you planning on doing any in-person clients? Or are you kind of just... Playing it by ear for next year. So the, the contingency to get back in person... Um, depends on how much of the world is back or how much of the states or the state of Colorado that I'm in is vaccinated. Um, otherwise, then you're just you're really taking a gamble, you know, unless we start getting herd immunity. So their contingency plans are kind of fluid. Yeah. Weren't you in New York? I... Didn't you say you had gone back to New York? I think we were fantasizing or maybe you were, <laughs> you were like talking about an art um, collective or like in upstate New York, you were talking about being out in nature more. Yeah. So I spent a brief layover after I left you in LA, <laughs> I went to... I went to, well, it's not upstate New York, it's Hudson Valley. So I, it's considered the capital region because it's like 45 minutes below Albany. And I don't know what I was doing there. I had all of these, all of these visions of using all of their, un, they have like unused, all this unused space there. But that town, it's really hard to get in there because one company came in one developer came in and bought up everything and they and they haven't been developing so it's like the town is just sitting on all this empty space you can't really access or use um oh wow it's not good because they're also there's a real housing crisis there um as lots of rich folks keep moving in and displacing non-rich other other folks, you know, economic <laughs> challenges, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a shame, but yeah, that that company did a num that development company did a number on that town, um, and it's been that way for a while. Yeah, 
But um, yeah, I wasn't really doing much except um, living in, in the winter of that area, which was about eight degrees. <laughs> and then we get a foot of snow every day. So I, I just like was like living in this living in this like house that was built in 1865, which was very interesting looking. In eight degree, in eight degree weather. weather. Um, just like sitting up on my fucking Baroque couch and and, and my wingback chair, stoking the stoking the like wood burner, stoking, <laughs> stoking, the, stoking logs. the wood burner, going like I should really do something with my life. I'm gonna go back to school again. <laughs> Did you? Um, were you able to work while you were there? No, not really. I mean, there's nothing really to do. I mean, the 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 town itself had all of these challenges because they were going through a period of time where, I mean, they're getting all of their income on that main street. It's all like fancy, fancy antiques, very rich baubles, things like that. And unless there's a, an influx of people coming up from the city and buying those things, no one's making any money. And that just happened to be one of the times that I was there when that was happening. No one was making any money, so no one was hiring anybody. Yeah, so I got out of there. I did my... I had to take three core classes that were required of my of my current school to get into that I never had an undergrad, which were like three core psych, psych classes. Um, so I took them at the community college there because it was super... Wait, it, in, in Colorado or in Hudson Valley? No, in Hudson. So I did it. I did oh a sem- I did a sem- wow, that's Basically, so cool. I did a semester of undergraduate classes there to prepare it. myself to move to Colorado and then come here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that definitely sounds like an adventure. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I did, although I never even... I did... <laughs> I don't, I, I'm like, I've been in LA for 20 years and I never uh, finished my degree. Just That's just what LA does to people like me sometimes. Did you, so when you mean your degree, are you, are you continuing? Oh, I'm an undergrad. I'm okay. finishing my bachelor's degree. That's right. That's very um, cool. I'm, I'm happy that you made it back and are finishing it. If that's what I you're... mean, never mind that I'm, probably the oldest person in most of my classes um yeah. but hey i mean you know? <laughs> yeah but you're a queen so i'm sure that they look up they look up to you you've, you've done some know. you've done some like, major I'm like, things I'm like, I'm like bitter i'm like honey <laughs> don't waste your time oh no yeah I, no it, it's been cool I've been learning things. So, I mean, I, I just like making things and learning and, you know, not making any money. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I feel like though, this is the perfect time to incubate, like to do, to incubate things, um, and to spend the time, um, like closing gaps. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a really good way to put it. That is a really good way to put it. It's it's true. Um I I actually do think uh yeah, just like energy wise, I've definitely been closing a lot of gaps. Like even though I still agree to do way too many things because it just, you know, 
it's really easy to multitask now that everything's online. But um, I definitely, since I guess I can't agree to do a lot of um, gigs, you know, in person. And um, I worked a lot of gigs at different bars and stuff. It's like, I, yeah, I feel like now that you have this incubation time you do i don't know i feel like your interests just keep getting like refined and mm-hmm. it, it's it's obviously not been easy <laughs> mm-hmm. you know obviously um but yeah i've just noticed just how i've shifted and i guess transformed during this time you know have you discovered anything new about yourself during this time uh i really like uh alone time (laughs) Mm -hmm. i i i think i actually uh value it quite a lot um and i think that like during the alone time or just thinking about um projects or ideas um i actually find that if you just give or me at least if i just give myself space and time like ideas just kind of arise whereas I think the way I was living my life before I just uh didn't really give myself time to do anything so I was always on the run eating in my car you know mm-hmm. and I've, I've since uh gotten rid of my car <laughs> and I really just um, enjoy like having a cup of coffee in the morning and thinking about stuff. And um, I mean, I know it sounds really simple, but uh, I do feel like I've been able to like trust myself to just generate ideas for things instead of going out and seeking them all the time. Mm -hmm. Also, I I, uh, got really into making pickles. (laughs) Okay. So um, pickling, yeah, little things like little things like that. Right? Like now, do you things. do you pickle other things, or are you specifically like into what is it? Cucumbers? It's like the pickle. The I I did cucumbers, but I was doing pickled onions, pickled carrots, garlic, peppers, um, beets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, how long does it have to ferment for? Uh, well, just the vinegar pickles. Um, it, it's anywhere from a few days to like oh, okay. a few weeks, but it, it really depends. <laughs> like they can be done in a few days, but I just opened a jar that I had in there for a few months and it was, it was fine. Like they don't last as long as the store pickles cause there's no preservatives, but, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, <laughs> right. Excite my my exciting discovery, pandemic discoveries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I I like to. I've discovered I because you know I was a performer for so long that I didn't um, make very much visual art. I guess um, so. I discovered I really like painting and. Um, making these, doing this printmaking class and I really enjoy the ceramics class. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know. That was really shocking to me. You know, it's always like, uh, 
I guess, didn't really deviate that much. I would make things for sets or costumes for performances, but um, I guess I never really um, thought that I'd be interested in painting. So I found that a little bit shocking, but. How does it, um, how, does it, does it feel different than performing painting? Like does the process feel different or the experience of doing it feel different? Yeah, I still don't know how I feel about translating um, because it's it's kind of all new, like this past year. So translating like emotion or experience like into this um, work of art as opposed to like, I guess, a lot of the performances I do would do um would be you know i would think of something and then a few days later i would do it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it was like very immediate um and like having immediate reactions i guess and i mean some of the things would take months but i think with some of these like paintings it's like you're working on it for the whole quarter <laughs> You know, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I guess I'm just learning the process. I, I I think it. I haven't really figured out how I feel about it yet, but um, yeah, I think it's it's been kind of fun to like translate these emotions into a physical work instead of just having kind of like an ephemeral practice. I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I've been doing something similar. Um, but but sculptural pieces that are also they, oh, that cool. also function as um like sound environments. So they're also like mm. in, like digital instruments. Um, but they're also they're also kind of like, I guess, a little bit like a a stage for live actions because you perform them like I have to play them. Oh, wow. Um, which has been interesting because I, it's something where the process, I've kind of experimented with the process of actually making them be a ritual in itself. So it will take, mm. like, I'll do it over the course of a moon cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely, by like slowing down and like really taking time to kind of like figure something out. Um, it's felt quite different than like performing where, you know, like exactly what you said. Sometimes I would come up with something and have to do it three days later and then or the next day or the next day. <laughs> and then like, I would just feel so chaotic about it. I would never really, never really be able to gauge how it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you, so the, these pieces you're making, like, do you, you said it's it's mostly done during the moon cycle. Do you ever um, like deviate from that? Um, I did when I first when I first started it. Um, I was taking natural elements and making them digital um, sound environments. So like a big wooden log, I would I would nail into it and then string it with like copper wire and then those copper wires Mm. I'd clip into some type of alligator clip situation and run it to a circuit board. So it was like kind of the, the, the dichotomy between, 
something that's very, I guess, analog or acoustic, and then mm-hmm. and then infuse, make it like use it as a platform to make these very very digital techno sounding things. So it's kind wow. of like unexpected. Um, I love this. Are you doing any online performances? I I have been. I'll I'll I don't really Will you send me? Yeah. Well, if you go to my Instagram, I have a bunch of them. I just made a new one. Oh, cool. Um, but the new one is actually um, you know what a sigil is, right? Like a mm-hmm. sigil, a symbol usually created as part of a ritual that's that's to kind of transmit an intention. So I made a I made a black lacquered box and it has a grid on the front and so it has like 121 holes and each of those holes has a magnet behind it and i have these chrome Ooh. steel balls so you build the sigil in in whatever state you want to build the sigil whether it's mm-hmm. trance or just a, a cup of coffee so you make the sigil and then each one of those holes is circuited to a board that controls a sound. So when you when you oh, wow. create the sigil, it makes like a soundscape signature for that particular sigil. Wow. Yeah, this sounds really um yeah, it's definitely like all encompassing. It's like therapeutic, but uh also <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a, I don't know, like, it, like the, do you, so like, do you record these? I've pieces? made, yeah, so I've done. Well, when you're, when you're testing it or when you're, um, doing the sigil, like. Yeah, I've, I've hopped from time to time, I'll hop on Instagram live just to practice in front of people who like whatever two people want to show up. I need to go on there. Show, I'm like, want to show up. I go on Instagram for like five minutes to yeah. like maybe post something I'm doing and then I'm like, but okay, I've I also, gotta go. yeah, I've also done short films, like short music films that are like anywhere from five to 12 minutes involving some involving other people and some with actual filmmakers and things doing them so i've done a few of those where there's a that that there's like a bigger type of structure like i just did one in provincetown and i created the spider out of these copper pipes that kind of looks a little bit as like a little homage to louise bourgeois (laughs) <laughs> um, and then each of those has a has a circuit attached to it, so I'm playing them on the beach. So like some of them wow. are bigger, and some of them are like the smaller, like the boxes, which are kind of more like a mobile. I mean, you carry it and plug it in anywhere, really. But yeah, yeah. Ha- have you um, incorporated any of this uh, work into your uh, studies? Um, I've into my somatic psychotherapy studies. Yeah. I've thought about it. Um, but the pandemic hit and, and it was only right before the pandemic when I really started doing these like particular, this particular thing. So by the time the pandemic, I mean, I, no one, I couldn't bring folks around to touch things anymore. You know, I couldn't bring like people around yeah. and experiment with, with touching and handling things that would make sound. But it, it ultimately my, I would love to do 
an installation somewhere where just by people walking on the floor, they're they're basically kind of orchestrating their own score together just by how they move and orient around each other. Yeah, I love that. But it's it's going to be a well, I guess you could do a floor one in a in a in a in a f- place where you can wear masks, but you'd only be able to have a certain amount of people in there. But yeah, I would mean, I would love to do an installation. It's it's, it's complicated though. It's, everything it's is like, very complicated right now. I mean, you just don't get the full effect. You know, it's a lot of these galleries are doing like appointment only, but it's like if it's an installation, you want to experience it with other people. Yeah, yeah. you know. Eventually. I guess also I was like wondering, um, I don't know, I could just see people being interested in learning some of these techniques. Like um, it would be cool to like teach that as some like, I don't know, therapy. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wow, I w- that would be cool to take some sort of course with you to learn how to like, I don't know, as like a mode of therapy to like build some something. Yeah, I ran across, um, I was looking on, I was looking into some, you know, like how there are certain frequencies of sounds that I think they use with chakra work. It's called the solfeggio and like a certain certain um, frequency of sound is supposed to, I don't know, cleanse your, <laughs> cleanse your aura. There's one that's like, it's good for sleeping, for like, um, inducing REM or not, not, not the band. Like those, <laughs> is it like those binaural beats? Well, binaural beats are a little bit different. I actually have one of those programs in my software that will, I can put it, put something in there and it will do binaural. Like it will do that type of beat. Oh. Where I haven't really experimented. So you with, can work that into your I could. Um, but you would need, binaural beats are best when you're listening with headphones on. Otherwise, you really don't get that effect. I believe I could be wrong. So, if anyone's listening and wants to correct me on that, <laughs> send me an email. <laughs> yeah. Hi, it's me. Sorry to break up the conversation, but I'm stepping into the sponsorship space. Wink, wink. For a moment, to tell you about something extra special Patreon. Patreon is a membership-based platform for content creators to earn a monthly income while providing rewards and perks to you, our subscribers. I Miss You has two recurring monthly membership levels starting at $5. So what do I get for that $5, you say? Well, my undying gratitude for one. Isn't that enough? No, it's not enough. Come on. You'll get bonus content every other week, including videos by me, Patreon-only posts and updates, and access to the members-only Facebook group, where you can connect with me and other listeners, share stories of reconnecting, oh, and join in on a once-a-month Facebook live chat, where you can ask me questions about the show. Your monthly sponsorship supports producing the podcast, including website and other platform fees. Uh, They really add up. Recording studio rental, editing equipment, and let's be honest, probably some treats for my dog, Najdia. She's hungry. Like all the time. Visit imissyoupodcast.com for a link to our Patreon page. And if all that business isn't of interest to you, but you would still like to support the show, you can make a one-time donation through our website as well. Oh, and another way to show support is by sharing our podcast with your dog. Kidding. Sharing this podcast with everyone you know. Seriously, everyone. 
Now, back to the episode. I wanted to tell you that I saw Sacred Wounds. You did? Yeah, I did. Oh I, I tuned into it. Um, oh, cool. I don't know which part you saw. I had At the very beginning, technical... I was... Okay, yeah. I had some weird technical things in the beginning. Well, you know... Yeah. As you know, just the nature. I mean, <laughs> who are we if we don't have technical problems? I know. But and also yeah, yeah, you yeah. were doing that in the middle of Mercury retrograde. And you know, she's she's trickstery when it comes to tech stuff. She sure is. She was giving me a run for my money that night. Yeah. <laughs> what is your intention for Sacred Wounds? How long have you been doing it too? Uh since August. So the original intention was to create um a space a space for um asian performers it it was originally um uh, an asian mostly asian centered space um online that we could connect uh performers from around the world and basically i mean i was pretty inspired to do this like online um performance platform because i was curating for cyber clown girls um after you know a lot of the clubs were closing um so i was like it ended up being i i guess just <laughs> organizing a bunch of online shows and then after about six months of doing that i thought uh it would be cool to do a space that was um discussing uh asian eroticism uh performance art um and ancestral healing kind of in one space mm -hmm. so that's how it started and uh yeah it was surprisingly just kind of grew as a really cool space to chat after the show um i think the first show had uh like almost 150 people and wow. I, I don't even know how that happened <laughs> so that was pretty cool then it ended up just people hung out and talked about you know mm -hmm. their diasporic experiences um or just kind of uh any ancestral traumas or healing i don't know it was really kind of crazy it just like instantly became this uh, little community and people would share stories about you know uh being in malaysia and you know being queer and not mm -hmm. being able to find community and so i i don't know it was kind of crazy it was just all these people started coming and sharing stories after the show um the uh, one you saw we wanted to open it up and um, include you know obviously a lot of other performers so we thought about what kind of future uh, we would want and so we Wang and I just both kind of curated so we both like had people that um, we knew from other shows and stuff so that's how that one happened. Mm. <laughs> that one was very different than uh, the other shows. It was a lot larger cast. There's usually only like six or seven performers. Mm -hmm. um, 
So yeah, I don't know how much you saw. What what is the what is the goal? Um, Post pandemic, or I guess um, to just yeah. continue to have a space to perform. Um, yeah, I, I guess it was before it wasn't so large, and I kind of just uh, grew. Um. So yeah, I guess we're just trying to figure that out, um, mm-hmm. like how we can keep including uh, our friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess while we're in lockdown, maybe it'll still happen like every few months. <laughs> how many have you done since August? Uh, that was our fourth one. Yeah. So. Yeah, not too many. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the it, the thing about uh, these shows is they take a lot more work, um, surprisingly, because mm-hmm. it's online. It's not at a venue, so um, there's no walk-ins, you know. <laughs> Although, you know, we have people in different countries who wouldn't normally be able to come to an in-person mm-hmm event so yeah just kind of feeling out this whole pandemic world and creating some kind of communities uh so yeah i think it really sprung from me uh performing in the asian burlesque extravaganza a couple of years ago and just i guess um yeah, I don't know. If, I'm, I don't know if you know, but I mean, I'm adopted from Korea and mm-hmm. by Japanese family. So I was always, but, you know, raised in central California, which is like, <laughs> uh, de- I definitely didn't grow up speaking any uh, Japanese or Korean. So I think I always uh, felt like not Asian enough, not American enough, <laughs> not Japanese enough, not mm-hmm. Korean enough. So I, I think I rejected um, my Asian heritage for a long time. And then since I came back from Korea in 2011, when I was uh, trying to have contact with my birth mother, which was unsuccessful, I think it really inspired me to, um, I mean, I've always felt like I had to create my own identity anyways to survive, but uh, it really inspired me to like, go deeper into the history of Korea and like history around my adoption and just see how I felt um, about my Asian identity, which is, uh, I guess, something I didn't really do in depth that much before mm-hmm. um, because I was like made fun of as a kid and I just was like, I I don't really want to claim to be any specific thing. I just want to, you know, kind of go unnoticed. And then I guess the more I started getting into it, um, like I had, I've had a few sessions with Korean shamans and, um, you know, obviously went back to Korea to figure out, the story behind my adoption i made a film about it and i Mm -hmm. think the more i I started to get into yes (laughs) 
thank you. You saw that. We I had did. these conversations about, um, yeah, adoption, which you know um, is very complex, <laughs> and just yeah. So I think I just especially in the last, I don't know, yeah, five or 10 years, I've just been doing a lot of work around this subject and mm -hmm. it just turned into meeting a lot of other performers kind of doing um, work in this area too. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the next six months is going to be like mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> for that show in particular, but yeah. Now, did you, um, I know that probably the last time, one of the, one of the last times that we actually hung out may have been when I was went to film? see. Was Sherry? Was, yeah, went to see your film and it's, I'm sorry, is it called Letter to My Mother? Dear or Mother. My, dear Mother, I'm sorry. Um, oh, no, mother. no, it's all good. I totally space and... Yeah, I, I knew, knew it was the whole story. <laughs> like, well, why am I explaining this? <laughs> I was wondering if there was anything new that came up about your adoption. Um, since then, going through that process of going to Korea and then coming back. Um, but it sounds like you've been all maybe all of that, all of what's been going on has been sort of, um, internal <laughs> yeah just self work self work and 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 discovery of um and sort of self-identification um yeah it, it well i think that's part of the reason why i went um to see the korean shaman because i was like in a desperate situation mentally about it Oh, how long um, ago was that? Uh, this was like two years ago. Okay. Um, and uh, maybe it was God. When did it, when was that 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 showed three years ago? I don't know. My brain has just been so <laughs> weird during this COVID time, and like forgetting all kinds of information but um yeah you're not alone <laughs> yeah i'm just like yeah of course you know this information you were there <laughs> um yeah so i after i made that film i had, like had hoped maybe she would uh, who knows somehow see it and uh, you know i don't know but that was probably my secret hope but then uh that didn't happen mm -hmm. and so i I uh, went to this shaman and she said, don't uh, try to contact her anymore. It's making you really sick. And mm -hmm. I, it kind of freaked me out. And I was like, okay. And she's like, yeah, your mother is not mentally well. You should probably like not contact her anymore. And so I, I just didn't, I just stopped. Mm -hmm. But you know, it was like still haunting me. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, uh, uh, basically I feel like all of my, uh, art has somehow been related, you know, to 
something I've found out about Korean history or like adoption or um, even if it's not directly related, I feel like everything I've been like making has been uh, kind of putting pieces together that makes sense. So it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of weird that it happens to be correlating with like my time at UCLA making, uh, doing these like studio art practices. So it's like, I'm kind of like rebuilding like this past narrative. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that we, I think we talked about having the connection of both being adopted. Yeah. I remember we had some crazy texts about that. Um, I don't know what the status of your situation is now. I don't know when I chatted with you last about it. I have been in contact with my um, biological sister. Uh-huh. And I, I, think, I think you had told me that. Yeah. And I had come to find my biological mother... But um, there's a bit of a disconnect between who I thought the my biological father could be, what I was being told, and then what a genealogist came up with on my behalf from doing a Whoa. dig. So the, what the genealogist is coming up with is saying, they they said, no, what you thought was... I'm not finding anywhere in your DNA or your gen- genetics history through what I found. So there's a disconnect there. Now the genealogist sent me this document that has like 250 names on it. And I was like, of like, are you serious? First and seconds and thirds and fourth cousins. I'm like, I can't deal with that right now. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to come back to this when I have the bandwidth for it. <laughs> That's a lot to it's it's yeah, a lot to process yeah now that's not to say that i couldn't just pick up the phone reach back out to my biological mother and see if i can't you know say what i thought to be true was not true or what what i was told was not true could you think back a little harder or maybe maybe you misspoke or maybe i i only had one conversation with her and it was very very short and uh-huh. it was more so for me i wanted to f- i don't know why this was i for some reason i was bypassing her and i was at that time really curious about who my biological father was i can't explain why i was bypassing her and going towards that, that could be a myriad of things right? <laughs> within my own, within my own attachment history. It could be a myriad of things, but yeah, but there's, so there's a, there's an, there's a, it's, op- it is like an open case there. Like it's not been solved yet. Yeah. And, and where are you at with that? Are you like, I'm just gonna let it sit there. Cause I feel like there's like these patterns where it's just like, mm.
it comes and goes. It comes and goes. And um and and I am I'm trying to give my how do I word this? I'm trying to give myself space and trying to also respect my feelings by not feeling as if I need to be pulled into it right now. I don't yeah. I I know that that may not be shared by um other biological relatives who have reached out to me, but as far as I'm concerned right now, I have things to do to work on. I've gaps yeah. to close before I'm able to open myself up to other departments. You know what I mean? Like I I'm not I'm I can't just I can't just bleed out all over the place. I need to get things together and things in order for me to be able to change my focus and say, okay, let's investigate this a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's yeah. I I, I think that's um that's being responsible Mm -hmm. (laughs) for your feelings. And I, I, I especially if you've kind of like gone there um, and you know how it affects you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I, I mean, I, I, I romanticized about the day in my past (laughs) for, you know, coming into contact with my, with biological family. Um, Mm -hmm. And that just, as I, as I've grown into myself more, I just know what I need to do in in order for me to, to be um, open enough um, (laughs) responsive enough to other things coming into my life and not just to really be there for other things. I need, just need to solve my own shit and it's an ongoing process, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I don't know. I think the work you're doing now seems like very fulfilling. (laughs) Yeah, I mean there's definitely I there's a an ancestral element to it. Like ancestors have been coming up a lot for me. I've been in a 4-month training on ancestral trauma. Mm-hmm. Um I've been feeling into ancestral stuff, although it's a little bit fuzzy because sometimes I confuse ancestors with DNA folks and ancestors aren't necessarily that. Mm. I believe that like ancestors to me are people who I've shared molecules with just by simply being in the mm-hmm. same space with. Like we've mm-hmm. exchanged molecules in a way. Right. Um, and for the longest time I... I've had a lot of, I guess, shame in a way around my, around how I kind of separated from my grandparents because it was at the time where 
I was really figuring out some things and the only way for me to figure them out was to push everyone away. So when I was figuring out what it meant to be gay at that time, I mean, this mm-hmm. was before I sort of, before I identified as queer, because I didn't really know what queer was as we sort of know queer now. Right. Um, I had to go off. Like, so I went off to college. And during that time my grandparents passed away. Like there was a, there was a, it was a, not a very wide gap secession for them them passing on. Um, And you didn't have contact with them during mm -hmm. that time? I did. I came back, but it was, I came back and I um, was around my grandparents for a bit, but it, it just wasn't the same. So I felt like I, the separation felt unclean in a way. Like I just, it felt very unresolved. I felt like I never got a chance to really kind of give gratitude. Mm. Um, and basically from the, that's, this has been like 20 years. And basically that entire time up until about, I would say a couple of years, a few years ago, it's been quite recent that I've really started doing some work around resolving that. Mm. Do you sense them around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely, um, I've been doing some like altered devotion stuff with a couple of photographs. Um, I've been, I visited my parents over the holiday season went through some photographs, took a couple with me. I've been like poking around it, kind of just sort of feeling into it. It feels, it feels better now. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I even want to like, I want to dive a little bit deeper. Like I would love to know more about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Happy to talk to your parents about it. here and there not like really asking about them um the only time i've i feel like i've broached the subject i've gotten very very visibly upset about it because when i broached it in the past and the last time i really kind of like broached the subject wanting to like or or expressing feelings about my grandparents to my parents i've broken down in tears because it it was in the past before i started really kind of like coming to terms with that separation that happened oh wow so it was like just like mentioning their name and getting hysterical wow (laughs) you know i i mean to feel that to i mean i obviously didn't experience exactly what you experienced but i mean i can definitely relate to um the I guess that feeling of uh, needing to break away to like to discover yourself, mm-hmm. um, which it feels like necessary, but also equally devastating. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's like uh, to, to have to grow, you have to like cut yourself off, but like not, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's very strange. Um yeah, well, I know too. I really, I really, all of the cues I got about 
you know, homophobia, queer phobia, all of those cues, I really internalized them. So all of the bullying in school, all of the homophobia outside of school, all of that stuff just like stuck to me like fucking flypaper, you know? And what it did then was it, was it, it then navigated out to everyone. So I started to believe that everyone hated that part of me. Mm. Even without talking to them about without it. Without even asking, yeah. No, without even asking. To the point where I didn't officially come out. I just let it go to the point where I just assumed people knew. Because I, I, I thought it was basically painted on my face. Like, <laughs> fag. But fag not actually like, fag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was just like... It was, I was so ashamed of it that it's just like I, once I started like getting close to people, even if it were, even if that was not a particular part of our closeness or it was not, it was not something shared between us. When people, when I started getting close to people, I would have to push them away because I was too ashamed that they would find out. Like it was, it, yeah, it's weird even thinking about it now because I'm just processing this as we're talking now, but I really do think that there was, that was a big part of it. Um, what about it your made, parents? It was sticky. Um, you know, it was sticky. Um, yeah. I mean, you had kept in contact with them throughout. Um, yeah, yeah. It's taken a while for me to calm down around some things, you know. Um, yeah, and be able to kind of... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. it. It's yeah, we're we're my parents and I are growing. <laughs> we're going through a mm -hmm. growing phase. <laughs> we're going we're in our evolution, you know. Um I'm sure they were happy to see you here. Oh, Joyous yeah. oh, face. Oh and yeah. my energy. <laughs> my parents are happy when I come home. And plus my parents love my dog. <laughs> my parents are obsessed with my dog. Are you serious? Yes, just obsessed with them. Like my yeah. That so is so obsessed. funny. Yeah. Yeah, they're so obsessed with my dog. Um I mean, that's cool. <laughs> that they... Yeah, it's super cute. It's so cute. Yeah, that's really cute. Oh my god, just yeah. watching them with my dog is just like the cutest thing. <laughs> Do they have a dog too? No, they have a cat oh that's yeah. so funny yeah but my you know cats cats are a little bit more reserved my right. dog, i my mean i'm a dog yeah. person too i have a little almost 16 year old chihuahua <laughs> oh yeah i remember yeah 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 she's uh been waking us up at anywhere from three to five in the morning so i'm very tired these days 
Oh my gosh. Waking <laughs> I literally just... feel like a zombie throughout the day because I'm so tired because she wakes up every few and so hours. And, and so it's barking? Our bed is upstairs. And so she comes down the stairs to go to the bathroom and then she's like going blind so she can't see so she oh. can't get back up the stairs so she's like crying and yeah and i love her and my partner loves her like she's so sweet that i just feel so bad but um yes i feel exhausted all the time from waking up every few hours oh gosh is it because but, you is know this new, these are like, our little animals that we love so is this new this like waking up in the middle of the night thing and yeah like, it's uh, literally in the past few months oh. <laughs> yeah i mean she is old you know she's yeah. gonna be 16 in august so i feel pretty lucky that she doesn't have any major health issues mm. basically that it's mostly her eyesight and uh she has a heart murmur, <laughs> oh. but you know, we, we'll, we'll do anything for our animals. Right? Yeah. 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 Cause I got, Wait, how old is your dog? Well, they, I don't know. I'm saying that she's turning 10 in June. Do you I, adopt adop her? I adopted her when she was five in June. Um, but I, when I looked back at the paper again, I believe they gave a range, and the range was like two to five. So she oh, may so not, she could be she, she could, could wait. Be quite so she could young. be always seven. Yeah. Well, I mean, if she lives till she's twenty, then I'm going to know that like something is incorrect. That's so, true. Um, but she is. I've taken her up to thirteen miles nonstop of hiking. Uh, she's gone up some scrambles. She's done some 14ers. Wow. I mean, she's she is an energizer bunny. She's crazy. Um, I mean, so are you if you're doing 14 mile hikes. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm always like push, push, push. I'm going to keep pushing myself until one day I just drop dead. <laughs> and that's the end of it. I'm not going slow. <laughs> I, I wish I could be a little bit more like that. I feel like I. I used to go outside a lot more, but yeah, you know, alas, I need to. Yeah, I had to. You know, I don't know about you, but I had to. It's so funny. I was just recording a bonus episode that's literally about talking about how I have to force myself to slow down. I have to intentionally slow down because if I, I've had to train myself to slow down because I would feel like. I should be doing something. There's some, I'm not being productive. There's something I can be doing and literally just getting like, I have to just watch. Oh, I feel like even you doing this is like, I, I, when I got your <laughs> messages kind of, I thought it was so cool. And I was also laughing. I was like, of course, making this into a thing, <laughs> catching up, <laughs> you know, cause you don't have school and, life and all these other things you're doing but yeah. I, I actually really think this is cool what you're doing because it's like i don't know catching up but also an archive of this period of time and it's like probably gonna be pretty invaluable to look back on this yeah yeah it's been um it's set a container 
an intentional container for reconnecting um, that I don't know if I would have been so propelled to reach out to people and say, do you want to talk on the phone for an hour if there had not been this container? Um, which I, I don't, totally yeah. can understand that. So I'm very happy that you reached out no. in this container because I am also the same way. I don't, like, sometimes I just don't reach out. And then months go by, you know, and then I'm like, oh my God, it's so cool to, you know, be in touch. Mm -hmm. And why have I gotten so strange during this time? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I want to ask you, um, before we wrap up, I want to ask yeah, you, yeah, totally. I want to ask you one thing. Um, what is one thing you hope for in 2021? Um, besides seeing my family, <laughs> uh, I actually hope to slow down. <laughs> Mm. yeah I do and actually I, I do hope to be in touch with people more <laughs> mm -hmm. so thanks for um, yeah, thank starting you. that hope <laughs> that's so, so nice seeing is, you it's been really nice it's been really nice we had some some uh, really fun experiences so like been cool to see your evolution you know <laughs> yeah i mean mostly through instagram but maybe we'll see each other in person yeah when you are done with school and i don't know probably maybe, maybe before then probably yeah maybe you'll be out to california have a good rest of your night. You too. Give your give your dog smooches. <laughs> you give your dog smooches too. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Do you have any questions, feedback, or want to share a story about reconnecting? You can drop me an email at I miss you podcast at gmail.com. Find and follow the show on Instagram at I miss you podcast. I Miss You is hosted, edited, and produced by me, with lots of help from the universe. This episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Slarsky. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show. Till next time, new friend. <laughs>